Okay, everybody. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And do they matter? That's right. We're talking. And I wanted to say uh, a shout out to everyone who continues to join our program and continues to listen to our broadcast. I wanted to say thank you so much for always being a part of our experience and certainly for contributing to the dialogue and so on. We do watch uh, what the shows you're listening to. And so we bring you uh, information and shows that we believe will encourage you, motivate you, uplift you, but also informative and entertaining because that is an important part of listening to radio. One of the things that I like about radio is that uh, especially podcasting is that it's like radio on demand. So if this is your first time listening to us, feel free to go to our page on Spotify or wherever, whatever podcast platform that you're using to know that at any time you can actually listen to other shows that we have done. It's sort of like having radio on demand is how I tell people. It, you know, you can go and you can listen to it. We'll show you previous episodes and the episodes are titled so that you have some idea what you're working with. I don't know about you, but I don't just look like blindly like to listen to stuff. I like to know what I'm listening to. So feel free to do that. So download and subscribe if you haven't yet done that. Yeah, download and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a variety of other podcast platforms. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of our show. Uh, it's interesting, too, because many of you have known me from uh, Block Talk Radio. We started Block Talk Radio, started broadcasting on Block Talk Radio years ago. I believe it's almost 10 or 11 years now. So it's been it's been a while. It's been a while, right? And at that time, as I often tell people when I first started podcasting, people used to ask, well, what is a podcast? I mean, like, what is internet radio? Like, people were so flummoxed by the idea of, of, of internet radio. And I was like, this is something that is the wave of the future. Of course, probably was way before my time because people just could not identify with that. They were like, what on earth is that? How does that work? You mean you have to log on to the internet and you can hear radio? Well, what do you know? The future is here. <laughs> and so here we are. So thank you so much. Uh, this evening, if uh, today is Wednesday, October 16th. I I'm struggling to say that because... It's October of 2019. And how many of you realize that the year is almost over? Like we only have a few more years. We have probably like 70 days left for the year to be over. And it's kaput for 2019. And here we go speeding into 2020. So make sure that all your goals that you set out for yourself, that you are achieving them. And uh, make sure that you are on track for those as well, right? We'll do a little bit of that later on in November because the holiday season is up on us. And wow, what a holiday season that's going to be. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so one of the things that I do, I'm an author and speaker. So go to my website, harrykamek.com and preview what we do. We talk about a variety of topics like most speakers do. So make sure you reach out to us. Our books are available. My books are available on amazon.com as well as barnesandnoble.com. So make sure you go out 
and take advantage of those and support us as we continue to provide services to victims of human trafficking. I appreciate your support in advance and I thank you as always for always being supportive and listening to us and supporting us, not just by your words, but by your actions. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So tomorrow we're going to talk about male breast cancer and how much of that is uh, affecting our population. And uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And uh, we, 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 we probably should, right? Uh, so we probably need to talk about that and, and why that is so. So we need to talk about that in detail. So tomorrow, make sure you join us. If you know somebody, we'll talk about the signs and symptoms, what it looks like, and and why it is so, right? Uh, and so on. That's something to think about. I, I was practically floored about that one. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. But today I want to talk about something that is... Uh, that I probably saw that piqued my interest and I wanted to bring it to your attention and have some kind of conversation around it because it's the subject of modern masculinity and what it means to be a modern man today. I remember when I was growing up that there was that subject as well. What does it mean to be a modern man? And you, you've got to believe that it had changed from when, obviously when my parents were growing up, what it meant to be a man then is very different from what it means to, to be a man today. Uh, today's men are impacted uh, by culture, and the culture does impact change. And who are the models? Who are the models for modern masculinity or the models for men today? And I find that it's interesting because people oftentimes forget what it means to to be a modern man and what it means to to uh, be a man. I mean people sometimes think that being a man is, is is everything that it is cut out to be but what does it mean to be a modern man? And I say that with all uh, impunity because it's not always, you know, what you think it is. And I think in a, in a lot of ways, we are sometimes confused or we're not sure. And especially for younger men, what are their role models? What is it that they should look for that, that, that makes it harder for them to figure out what they need to do? Right? So I, I kind of touched on this because it piqued my interest. And I tried to ask men around me, and most of them just shrugged, like, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you mean by that? When I ask, well, what does it mean to be a modern man today? What's a man? What does it mean to be a man today? And they're like, I asked my brother because I always ask him, and he's like, a man is a man. <laughs> okay, so he probably, will, you know, he's traditional. He probably is not the best person to ask. And when I ask younger men, I'm surprised by what. Most younger men, they're influenced by men around them. So whatever they see men around them are doing is what they model, obviously. But also, whatever they see uh, men, uh, whatever they see men around them are doing, good Lord, it, it, is what they're, they're modeling. So I don't, you know, it's very hard to come up with 
what it is that they're doing and what it is that that matters to them. So I have found that it, it really it really doesn't uh, it really doesn't matter uh, whatever they see around them because they're going to be impacted by the culture. For instance, they're going to be impacted by Wakanda forever. They're going to be impacted by young men, men who are in movies, right? Men who are at the forefront of the culture, whether they're a singer, whether they're some sort of performer, if they're a football player, as some sort of sports hero, those are going to be the models because those are most visible. And in today's world, especially, uh, you find that it's it's much easier for you to 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 be affected and impacted by the culture because it's everywhere. I mean, think about it. It's right there on your phone, in your hand. It appears as breaking news or as some sort of news alert or a notification or something. So it's it's hard for you men today to walk away from it, right? And then, of course, you have people like Kanye West. And then you have other other people who impact the culture, who impact today's trending events. So it's sort of very different for even their role model, their father figure or uncle or a predominant male figure, a dominant male figure in their lives to even have some sort of impact on them. I mean, early on, perhaps, you know, when they're four or five, or six or seven, before they're eight, those impressions are formed. But as they mature and grow, the people around them have, I am finding it's it's a struggle to have some sort of impact on young people personally. They're more impacted by what is trending on Instagram, what is trending on Twitter, and less Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter are where young people are found. So whatever their role model is doing or modeling whatever type of behavior that is what is most likely to impact them and so when i think about that i wanted to talk about that from that perspective today what is modern masculinity so i found this interesting article on online that kind of speaks to this and i'm just like you know so let, let's describe who is a modern man so a modern man then uh, it says this, it says less than a third of men aged 18 to 29 report completely feeling completely masculine. I think that's going to affect most of us compared with six to 5% of baby boomers. So look at the age range, 18 to 29 feel their, they report feeling completely masculine compared with six to 5%, less than a third of men report less than a third, right? And here are some, the masculinity modeled to us by older generations. This is a story written by Jules Schroeder, right? Uh, the masculinity modeled to us by older generations, that masculinity is fading. So today, influential millennial business leaders like Zuckerberg, right? And the developers of Snapchat and so on, they're who is influencing the culture right? Uh, so here's something that kind of grabbed my attention. The masculine, masculinity modeled by older generations is fading. Here's the thing I wanted to focus on. Today, it is encouraged by, you know, it is encouraged for a man to be more in touch with his emotions and to be more in touch with his feelings. And, um, 
I wanted to, to, to just throw that out there. What do you think about that? Like today we tell men cry if you feel like crying. How does that affect their view of themselves? How do they see themselves? And we tell men to cry if they want to. We tell them to be in touch with their feelings, to be in touch with their emotions. That's a that's a thing. Because I think in a previous generation, we saw much to the detriment of the of, of, of men and the women they were in relationships with, that not being in touch with their feelings impacted those relationships. So are we tipping the scales over or are we striving to look for a balance so that because we think in, in today's culture, it's almost as if it's anti-man to be masculine. You know, don't be a manly man. And what is being a manly man? It's okay for you to be sort of feminine and be a man at the same time. Is that what this is implying? Uh, I don't know that I, I feel like a man really should be in touch with his feelings in terms of how he expresses that. Right. I don't know that he needs to sit down and cry every day. I would be troubled <laughs> if I see him crying all the time because I want to feel safe. I do all the crying in the relationship. <laughs> so I want to I want to be the one who does all the crying. I don't know that I'm going to feel safe if something happens and he's crying. Then what am I going to do? Who becomes the, the, the protector there? And do you see what I'm saying? I just kind of stereotyped what I believe a man should be, that a man should never cry. That yes, he can be in touch with his feelings at the birth of a baby or at the death at a funeral or at a wedding. Yeah, those are opportune times when we express emotion. But I don't know that he should be so sensitive that he's going to cry. There is some degree of sensitivity that is required in a man. He needs to be sensitive to how others feel and to to and to deal with that. The other thing that I've seen where uh, modern masculinity is revolving around is this idea of competitiveness amongst men. For instance, let's just put this out there. It is much more acceptable for a man to be competitive and totally okay, but it's not for a woman. So if a man is competitive, it is perceived as being masculine. It is perceived as being, hey, that's what a man does. And even if his competition hurts others, if it hurts his partner, his spouse, if it hurts his friends, it's okay. That's called being a man. So competition and rigorous competition is encouraged as a form of masculinity in instead of just uh, in, in, it, as opposed to it being encouraged as a trait in women. And men seem to revolve around that. And a lot of this comes from how we were socialized. I mean, part of why modern masculinity is being impacted now is the ways in which we're socialized. The ways in which we're socialized have changed. We no longer gather around a campfire to share stories. Men no longer gather in groups to go out and hunt. Right? And because those things don't happen anymore, the culture of masculinity then has changed. So how are men socialized today? They're socialized in a bar. Yeah. They're socialized around video games, maybe playing a sport. They sit down and, and play a sport. Right. 
as well as they might just, they socialize when they, when they get together. So now storytelling is part of it, but they've always told stories. They just told stories about how they killed something. They went hunting and killed something or, you know, conquering a female whom they are attracted to. I don't think that though that storytelling should change. I think the storytelling is an important part of the male bonding experience. But I think what is changing is how the stories are told and how they are perceived. You see what I'm saying? And, and it, it, I'm shying away from the subject because I'm kind of like, I don't know. I, li- I kind of like the idea when men get together over games, right? Or when they get together in a bar. Have you, By the way, have you ever walked into a bar where there's a sports event on? I mean, there's such a f- complete feeling of brotherhood, even just walking into a bar. Men just seem to identify readily with one another. When they're amongst one another, they're not as competitive as women are when women get together in groups. They have a competitiveness, but it's kind of less uh, aggressive, right? And it's it's friendly competition. It, it's not, I'm going to cut your head off just to get ahead. It's not like women who will will do anything to get ahead over the next woman even if it means sleeping with our husband or, you know, taking an opportunity away. Men still do things like that. But for some reason, it's, hey, bro, and keep it moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so as you look at modern men, the challenges that modern men face, in, 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 in especially 18 to 20-year-old men, in expressing these to older men, to expressing these to men who are in their 40s and so on, it's a whole different ballgame because... A man in his 40s is kind of looking at this like, huh, so you want me to be in touch with my feelings, huh? And especially now when today's men, you know, it's okay to tell men today you're raising a son. No, don't play contact sport because it will give you a concussion later. So how is he going to vent and extrapolate that which is in him? that natural form of aggression that comes to a man. That's how he's wired. That's what his DNA is. To my mind, what some of these things are doing is kind of suppressing that. It's kind of suppressing it. Is it because we are afraid of that aggression because we have seen that it produces violence in men? We've seen that it produces wars. Is that what we're trying to suppress? That if we suppress that, their very nature that is designed to be competitive, that is designed to be aggressive at pursuing a goal, then it is going to suppress the desire to always want to be in control of something. That's an interesting perspective to look at it from. Because for a modern man, I think that especially 18 to 29-year-olds, it's kind of like anything goes. They don't know whether they're up or down. The sexuality is fluid. It's fluid. Yeah, straight. I like women, but you know, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be, something wouldn't be bad if I experienced being with a man. They're very fluid in their, in their sexuality. And and that is something that, well, if, if we're not careful, then how will the human race continue on? Because we still need a man and a woman to make a baby. I know that parenting has changed and I know that what is described as parenting has changed. And I know you're all going to go bunkers and go crazy because yes, two men can raise a child, but just two men still can't have uh, a, a child biologically. Okay. You still need a woman with a womb to have a child in, right? 
So unless you're going to totally eliminate women and just have a world filled with men, is that what this is all about, right? So we still need to, so biologically, we still have some biological functions that we're still working through. And I'm pretty sure they're going to come up with something in the future where they implant a womb inside of a man. And if they implant a womb inside of a man and implant the hormones to make breasts and so on, then all of a sudden that is going to change. But this basic DNA is not going to change unless you completely flush out that DNA that he was born with that determines he's male and then implant him with female, then you've created a woman, but you've created a woman inside of a man. So, so this is what I'm saying when it comes to modern men. It seems like either we, it, it's one thing. I'm not sure where this is going. I'm not sure if the advent here is to level the playing field so that we are not afraid of the typical masculine virtues of a man. Or are we just kind of like, uh, we just want to feminize a man. So if he becomes more feminine, then he's less of a threat to us. Is that what this is all about? So if we feminize all men and make them so they're less, they're less aggressive, they're, they have no violent tendencies, then are we going to feel safer? In feminizing them, though, we're removing some elements from their character, their personality, and from their their makeup that they're naturally made. It's just like as a woman, uh, you know, I was born with the DNA to be female. So I was, I came with a certain amount of estrogen and so on that powers me up to be a female. That means, you know, I'm going to the, be the carrier of life, right? So I need a man's sperm to be inside of my body to make a child, right? Okay. That's what that is. Okay. So you, for me to become a man, you'd have to rewire that DNA. Yeah, you can give me hormones and I can take pills every day, but I'd have to take the pills every day. At some point, my body might even reject them. But I can take the pills every day that would make me masculine and emit certain masculine ten, you know, traits, physical manifestations, I should say. But my DNA is still going to be the same. The DNA that predisposes me to being female, Right? It's the same thing with a man. I think in remodeling a man, because that's what we're doing, we're creating a new type of man, one who is less volatile, one who is more in touch